Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome in to a winning edition of Sox on Tap Post Game Show. It's Tony Marchese, and tonight I am joined by the recently called up Besnick at Sox Insane. We're talking about a White Sox victory down in Texas on a Friday night. That means we've got some beers flowing. I promised it. I've got the cowboy hat on for White Sox winners down in Texas. Besnick did not have a cowboy hat uh, show up on his flight out uh, to the Sox on Tap studios tonight. So he doesn't, he's not rocking one, but he is here recently called up. Besnick, my man, how does it feel to get back up to the big leagues and get to talk about a White Sox winner on a Friday night? My friend, how you doing? I'm doing well, Tony. Thanks for having me. Thanks for calling me back up. Um, you know, I wish NWI Steve a speedy recovery from the five-day IL. I heard it's precautionary, so you know we expect a, a full and quick recovery and uh, and and get him back on the podcast. But um, no, it's good to be back. It's good to have uh, get another call up, another coffee, cup of coffee here in the big leagues, and uh, go from there. I don't know how many options uh, I have remaining. Um, but um, you know, we'll uh, you'll figure that out. You know, you're the you're the mastermind behind all that. Yeah, we'll figure that out. I think you got plenty of options remaining, my friend. And uh, yes, uh, sources close to the show do indicate that uh, Steve has just done a precautionary five day IL. He's going to be kind of indisposed for just a couple of days. We're running some further tests. We'll see if he's good to go. Uh, you know, initial timeline say Steve will be back sometime between Tuesday and Thursday of, of, of next week. Um, so we've got that going for us. It's just strictly precautionary, but we're glad you're here. We're glad that we're talking about a White Sox winner tonight. We're going to get into it and break it down. Before we do, let's just tell the listeners where they can find us. Find the show at Sox on Tap on Twitter, at ONTAP Sportsnet, everywhere else. That is the mothership. Uh, visit us and uh, read our articles about all the Chicago sports teams over at ontapsportsnet.com. Besnick is writing about the White Sox, as am I, and our guy Steve and Johnny and everybody else on this show. Um, get our Sox thoughts over there. And if you're a fan of other Chicago sports or even if it's pop culture or anything else, ONTAP Sportsnet has you covered. You can follow me at Tony Ontap Besnick at Sox Insane. You can find the rest of the guys scrolling along the bottom of the screen here. Bezik, we're going to get into some fun discussion about a nice 2-1 victory for our Chicago White Sox down in Texas. This one was just absolutely thrilling on every single level of baseball that you can absolutely imagine. We had everything in this ball game. We had some sack flies. We had a home run. We had some nail biters. Uh, of of uh, innings and jams that our pitchers got out of. And I think, you know, probably took a couple of years off of all of our lives if you watch this and you're tuning in here. Can I get an initial thought from Mr. Sox Insane? 
Uh, another poor offensive display, some more abysmal offense, abysmal at-bats that we've continued to see all year long with this team, who is somehow uh, pulling out wins in two games above 500, and now with Cleveland's loss today, tied for second place and only two games out of first. So uh, it hasn't been pretty. It was an ugly win, but uh, it all they all count the same. They all end up in the left-hand column, and at the end of the day, that's all we care about. But um, but yeah, this one was not good for my health. Um, definitely a nail biter. It was two to one most of that game. Kendall Graveman gets makes it a little scary there in the eighth after he loads the bases, but gets a quick out to get out of it. So um, yeah, luckily we have Dylan Cease though, who is continuing this crazy stretch. I think I saw something that. Chris Kamka put out there on Twitter that this is the 13th consecutive start where he's allowed one run or fewer. And that is the first time that's ever happened in Major League Baseball history since they started keeping track of earned runs as a stat in 1913. So um, he's hashtag good. That's pretty cool and tough. I, I, I don't think there's anything else that you could uh, label that then cool and tough Dylan Cease is just absolutely on fire right now Paznak he is absolutely on fire and he's doing some special shit yeah he's he's killing it I mean he uh he got into a little trouble there in the first inning didn't really write the ship until the second and then retired the last 13 batters he faced you know he didn't have the 10 12 strikeouts that we're kind of used to seeing from him but um, but once he settled down there uh, after that, those first couple of rough innings, he, you know, he just uh, he was on cruise control the rest of the way. I think he even had well, uh, well above 40 pitches after those first two innings. So it looked like it was going to be a short start for him there. And, you know, you, you kind of through that game, I'm thinking, well, you know, we can't expect this guy to just dominate every time he goes out there. He's going to have starts like this, but kept his composure, got through it. And I mean. Even got to the point where after six, I think he had 91 pitches. I have to double check that. But he could have even, yeah, 91 pitches. He could have even potentially started the seventh inning. But, um, you know, he gave way to the rested bullpen and, and they got the job done. So uh, hats off to Cease. I mean, you know, we saw early in his career where he would walk a couple guys in the first inning and it would go and become in a little bit of a disaster and he'd give up three runs and, uh, and, you know, be done after four, be done after five, but this is the new and improved Cease. Absolutely is the new and improved Cease. And, uh, Beznik, I've just got to say, I've, I've talked about this narrative quite a few times here with Dylan Cease. Um, and especially last year, uh, very hot on this uh, specific topic. Really think he's turned a corner, and I think we've talked about it a lot on this show. More of the same tonight. Obviously, you bring up the the stat that was shared out there from uh, Mr. Chris Campka over at NBC. That's cool. I love every time that I get to see one of the guys on my team doing something historic, doing something that is – absolutely incredible and when you talk about a pitcher who had that type of struggle just over the past few years getting to watch Dylan Cease develop into what he's done this season it's absolutely incredible to watch now I know White Sox fans have had 
just a very tough year overall. But if we're going to put something in the positive bucket right now, early on, I mean, the season ain't over, but the stretch that Dylan Cease has had has been historic by so many different uh, levels of of cool and toughness that we talked about earlier. I don't know how much better can this guy get. I don't know if there's another notch because when you have him right here, he is as locked in, man, as anybody that I've ever seen on the mound. It's just it's so cool to see. I, I and I completely agree. It's um, I, I was thinking about this during the game, and I looked and saw his ERA is under two now for the year at one point nine eight this late in the year in August, and I'm trying to think back and you know obviously we have that historic record and in my mind I'm like this is Chris Sale type stuff. I remember watching Chris Sale just dominate for years, thinking this is you know some of the best pitching you'll ever see from a White Sox starter and now Dylan Cease comes along and does something that no one in baseball history has ever done so um you might never even see it again you're you're witnessing history live and um he's appointment television uh, every time he pitches and you know he wasn't even the headliner in that trade I, I don't say this very often but thanks Cubs uh Besnick, let's move on to uh, a couple other things that happened in this ball game. We got to flip it over and talk about some offense. Sox offense able to get the job done today, although it wasn't in the fashion that I think anybody wanted them to get the job done in. Uh, you got a third inning situation where Sebi Zavala is able to deliver a sack fly to get the White Sox on the board and tie the ball game. He's been quietly good this year, uh, Besnick. Uh, Sebi Zavala delivering in a situation where the, he needed to just lift the ball, ball in air, get it out there, get the job done. He did that, and that gets the White Sox on the board. Thoughts on Sebi Zavala, Besnick, right now with the Chicago White Sox club, given Yasmati Grandal's struggles at the plate. And uh, just what does he mean to this team right now, and how important was that run? It was a huge run to get the Sox on the board and tie the ball game up. And we've seen this so many times this year, whether it be first and third with nobody out, bases loaded with nobody out or, or one out, and we get nothing. So, you know, it, it's not spectacular. It's not flashy or sexy. But getting that run home is just huge right there because um, obviously you tie the score, but – you know, it's something that they haven't been able to execute on very much this year. So it was refreshing to see that for once. And Sebi has been pretty effective at the plate, you know, since he got called up about two months ago. I think it was the about earlier mid-June when Sebi got called up and he's provided a nice spark and uh, a lot of good offense. And out of those last eight Dylan C starts that we've spoken so highly of he's caught seven of them so um i you know i'm not by any means saying that dylan cease is a great pitcher or become the pitcher he has because he has dylan cease i'm sorry because he has sebi but uh there's definitely something to be said there hey that's some cause for correlation we might need to get somebody on that at socks on tap and uh you know do do a little deep dive investigation on that one uh, Mr. Basnick, we'll figure out, uh, you know, who we put on assignment for that, but that's interesting. I did not hear that tidbit 
coming into this. So I, I like hearing new factoids and nuggets about, uh, you know, little oddities out there that can be investigated further. So that's something that uh, has piqued my interest just a little bit. Uh, moving on, just uh, next inning, right after that, Eloy Jimenez leaving the yard. This guy's on fire, man. He is swinging such a hot bat for the Chicago White Sox in the middle of the order right now. Love what I'm seeing from Eloy. Uh, it's If it's not a home run, man, he is hitting the ball at least once or twice. It seems like every single day right now, this is a guy that was largely written off by a lot of White Sox fans just a couple of months ago uh, due to the injury concerns. I've had my concerns with him. But right now, I feel like he is the hottest bat in the in the White Sox lineup. Absolutely dangerous. And if he continues to do this, maybe you'll see some national media attention about it. Probably not. But he is just swinging the bat better than I ever expected him to, uh, given what we were talking about as White Sox fans just a few months ago. And he delivers your game-winning hit today with that home run. Baznik, give me some thoughts on Eloy. And I had a long article that I wrote a couple months back about Eloy upon his return. Um, and it was, you know, kind of hard to say about what to expect from him coming back because we saw 2019 Eloy tear the cover off the ball. 2020 Eloy was even better than that. And then there were the injuries and he was a shell of what we saw when he first got called up those first two years. And he wasn't very good when he was healthy in the beginning of the year this year. So there was a lot of uh, valid concerns there. I think I had him, you had him, as you mentioned, and we didn't know what to expect. And he came up and he's crushing the ball consistently. I mean, consistent exit velocities above 100 miles per hour or close to it, even when he's making outs. Um, even when he's hitting the ball on the ground, you know, he also added a single in this game that was just smoked up the middle. So he is swinging a hot bat it is so great to have him back it looks like we've got the Eloy of old and it's great to have somebody in the middle of that lineup besides Jose Abreu who can put the offense on their back and you know his his leadoff home run in the fourth was the deciding run of course you know you'd like to get more runs we'll talk more about that but um absolutely smoked that ball into left center field and um Man, it's it's good to see him back and hitting the way he can. It absolutely is, and that's all the offense for your Chicago White Sox tonight. Got a couple comments in here. We'll get to those in just a second. Josie, I see you in there uh, with a comment about Tim Anderson. We're going to talk about that in just a few moments here. Uh, but, Besnick, that was enough to get the job done tonight. I want to roll real quick into our uh, bullpen and, uh, you know <sighs> – Man, Joe Kelly has quietly put together one of the most impressive bullpen runs. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about this. I don't think they're talking about it at all. Joe Kelly, I think that's 11 scoreless for him. And he's had his issues. He's he's had some injury stuff. Uh, you know, the first half of the season, you didn't see him in back-to-back -back games. And, uh, you know, there was some contractual language that was written into that. There was a lot discussed about some of that. Now, he's really returned to form. And for somebody who is important to the back end of this bullpen right now, as Joe Kelly is, these are good signs. Give me some thoughts on Mr. Joe Kelly. Like you said, 11 consecutive appearances now without allowing a run. 
it, it really has flown under the radar. I mean, when I saw that um, that stat posted on on Twitter.com, I was kind of surprised to see that either because I hadn't realized it. But you know, it it and I think a, what has to do with that a little bit is he can be a, a bit erratic at times where he looks so on, but then, you know, he, he kind of loses it, walks a guy, maybe, you know, a couple of hits, but he, you know, he's, he's gotten the job done. And, um, you know, o- overall it's, it's getting a lot better. He had that stipulation with the, the contract where he couldn't pitch consecutive days before July 1st, you know, it, it's, it doesn't lend credence to a, a winning strategy going into the season, but, you know, you also look at it from his perspective and the guy probably wants to extend his career as much as possible. A nerve injury in your pitching arm is kind of serious. So to some degree, it's understandable, but, you know, still very frustrating, obviously, for for fans. Um, but he's been a lot better lately. And uh, and you got to give him, applaud him and give him a lot of credit for that. And I don't want to get too far off script or off the rails here, but we talk a lot about the misallocation of funds and resources in the offseason and too much money spent on the bullpen. But who's pitching the seventh and eighth inning for you right now if you don't get Joe Kelly or Kendall Graveman? Um, you know? I mean, right now, I like Jake Diekman in some of those roles. Um, but it, it's Joe Kelly and Kendall Graveman. They were here first. They've got the ball in, in those innings. And I know that uh, it's been kind of a roller coaster for White Sox fans in each of those seventh and eighth innings, and even the ninth. We've had some we've had some trouble there as well. But uh, like what we see right now, the recency bias definitely tells me that things are in the right direction here. Um, this was another save. We I'll, I'll skip around some of the Kendall Graveman stuff for the sake of time here. He uh, he definitely. Uh, made us kind of nervous, got out of a uh, uh, bases loaded jam there that uh, I don't think anybody wanted to see. But uh, Liam Hendricks start, starting to return to form, I think, Besnick, after uh, kind of a little bit of a shaky period in July, um, and the White Sox were able to uh, overcome this one and shut it down. I mean, I just I kind of want to talk about the fact that uh, – there were some missed opportunities in this ball game to really blow it open. That's where I want to get to because I think that that's what everybody wants to hear. What's your reaction to the White Sox not being able to pour it on? I mean, this, uh, you know, it's been a common thread of the offense in the season this year. I think it was, uh, was it the fifth inning or sixth inning? It was the fifth, fourth. I'm sorry. No. Sorry about that, everybody. It was the fifth inning where Yasmani Grandal leads off with a double. Yeah, we've seen him really struggle this year uh, since coming off the IL to the point where it was really concerning, and it is concerning. But he finally put one uh, in the right field there for extra bases, and we can't even get him over. You know, you have Josh Harrison flies out, Sebi strikes out, Anderson flies out. So, you know, you've got to be able to come up with those clutch hits there. Someone's got to step up. Uh, TA in that situation, I know it's two outs and a guy on second, but that's where the lineup turns over. That's where if he can put up a big hit, you know, you can get a run across and then you got the heart of the order coming up. And and those are the opportunities where um, – you can score at least one run and and maybe even more if you string together some hits, but you know, they, um, 
they've they've just failed to do so in way too many games this year. Yep, and the the number one thing that I'm pointing at here, Baznik, is the fact that Tim Anderson was once again hitless tonight. I believe he went 0 for 4. He had no for 5 night last night. I said it yesterday on this show. When you're going through a stretch like this, it's time to drop you in the batting order for a couple of days. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this. We had Joe C. Uh, is it me or does Tim Anderson seem off? Yes, Joe, I will give you my honest answer. Tim Anderson seems very off right now in comparison as to where you normally see him in August. I don't like what I see at all right now. I know he's got this three-game suspension kind of hanging over his head. I saw some jokes on the uh, the old Twitter timeline that made me kind of laugh uh, right before we hopped on here. Didn't know that Tim Anderson was serving his suspension already and still in the lineup. Uh, that's kind of how it feels. It's kind of how it feels right now. Uh, I'll go to you, man. Give me give me some thoughts on Tim Anderson right now because it ain't pretty. Yeah, I it's it's like he's been body snatched. And no, Josie, it is not just you. He seems off um, since he's come back from that IL stint. I know there's been some rumors that have been hashtag unconfirmed about some things that may or may not be going on in his personal life. But it all seems to coincide, and I mean, in this series, just absolutely abysmal. 0 for 5 with six strikeouts. <laughs> um, so that is, uh, I, I, I can't explain it. The at-bats are, are atrocious. None of it's competitive. He's not swinging at good pitches. He's not taking pitches. I think the first strikeout today was on three pitches. So I don't know. I don't have any answers about what's going on with Tim, but it's bad. And uh, ho hopefully he decides to not appeal the suspension and serve it. And uh, just maybe it'll help the lineup with him out for, for a few days. Maybe it'll help him, uh, you know, reset and refocus, you know, just having a few days off there as a result of, of the suspension. It's almost like, uh, and I'm sure you've probably seen this movie before, the only thing I can compare this to is like in Space Jam, when the aliens come suck the talent out of you. It feels like Tim Anderson maybe have been like playing some pickup baseball somewhere and the Monstars came and they sucked the talent right out of Tim Anderson. That's what it feels like. I'm watching it's just nothing right there. And the doctors can't even figure out what's wrong. Uh, he's going through the motions it's it's just terrible. We'll have to figure this one out. Uh, you know, maybe he needs Michael Jordan to come in and save him. Who knows who that is? Maybe it's Jose Abreu. But uh, you know, the Jerry Reinsdorf was already involved in one Space Jam production. Maybe there's a Space Jam two. Right? There already did Space Jam two. Maybe, maybe he did Space three. Jam three with Tim Anderson as the lead actor. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Um, but you know, that's just what it feels like, man. I don't know what else to say. The, the the stroke into right field, the, the single that seemed automatic for him just feels like that's never going to happen again right now when you're watching him at the plate. The plate approach is just pure shit. Um, it, I don't know. He's all over the place. You've seen some defensive blunders as well. Uh, he's just got to figure it out, and I think that a couple of days off might be in his best interest. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Uh, Besnick, we've got to get to tomorrow. We need to do some uh, little look ahead for what's on tap for the Chicago White Sox. 
What do we got going on tomorrow? What's our pitching matchup? Tomorrow we've got Michael Kopech versus uh, our old friend Dane Dunning, who we traded away to Texas to acquire the big bastard Lance Lynn. And, you know, we got Dane Dunning over in the Adam Eaton trade that brought us Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez. Um, so we're going to be facing off against him. He's uh, one and six on the year with a four three ERA, one point four WHIP. Uh, you know, and in uh, Kopech is, you know, we've we've seen a little bit of up and down with him, but he's going to take the hill and hopefully um, hold it down for us in his home state of Texas. I'm I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I can't believe it's Kopech Day already. Honestly, it feels like we just had one of those. It it really does feel like we just had Kopech uh, Day, and it's already back upon us, man. Uh, what do you got for a pick to click tomorrow, Baz? I, I went with Jose Abreu today, and I maybe should have went with Eloy. Johnny went with Tim Anderson today. I'll, I'll take my Jose Abreu as the victory here because, you know, we all know what happened with Tim Anderson. I think I just dressed it down enough for everybody to understand that Johnny did not win that pick to click despite whatever Jose Abreu did today. So you're on the hot seat. Who you got for your pick to click? Well, it it does seem like it was just Kopech day and he pitched that series opener against KC, um, which of course we always lose season uh, series openers. So, uh, and, and just, just to confirm Abreu was over four. My pick to click, though, uh, you I know, did, we didn't need to go to the stats. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, we we've we've got to we got to stick to the on tap sports mantra of hashtag facts only. That's oh. what I subscribe to. So I've got to stick to the facts. Fair. All right. I guess we'll call it a tie. Um, my pick to click. I'm gonna go with Luis. No, actually, I think Luis Robert is supposed to get uh, a day off tomorrow. I think Larusa said that he was gonna get Saturday off and uh and be back in the lineup on sunday so i cannot go with him uh i am gonna go with andrew vaughn i feel like uh he is going to oh look at that josie josie right guy i feel like he's due we haven't really uh you know he had a rough day in right field uh in game one of this series oh for three again today i feel like he's due that's uh that's all i've got as far as uh how I'm feeling about my pick to click Vaughn he's due. Let's uh, let's see if he can, he can put one in the seats against our old friend, Dane Dunning there. You know what? I'm going to just, uh, I wanted to take Andrew Vaughn. So I'm not going to double down with you on this one. Um, I do know that I heard from uh, one of our, uh, you know, longtime listeners, Mr. Uh, Voodoo out there. I don't know if you're still here that Gavin Sheets was living in the 430 range. So I'll go ahead and I'll put uh, I'll put my baby boy out there as my pick to click tomorrow. I know he hasn't seen some action. I think he might break his way into the lineup tomorrow somehow, maybe a pinch hit situation. Who knows? But I think it's time for Gavin Sheets to get back out there and provide some timely hitting. I'll go with a backup on that of AJ Pollock. Uh, I think he's swung the bat pretty decently over the last couple of stretches just with the eye test and he's done some things on the base paths as well uh you saw him in a pinch run situation today so i'll go with gavin sheets if not aj pollock 
those are our picks to click. Besnick, we are getting close to the point where we need to sign off of here. It's been a pleasant Friday after or Friday night. I was going to say Friday afternoon. It feels like it's still the afternoon, uh, but it's been a very pleasant Friday night talking about a White Sox winner with you. The beers have been flowing here. We got the cowboy hat on. It's a White Sox winner. Friday night victory beers taste better. I don't know what else to say, man. Give me some closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. You've got to win at least one of these next two. You cannot leave Texas losing this series. Even a split is not ideal, but you've got to win these next one of these two, one of these next two. You've got Michael Kopech tomorrow. Let's take advantage. Uh, Dane Dunning is not having a great season. We've got to put more than two runs on the board. We've got to score more than two runs. Tomorrow's the day to do it. Let's uh, let's get the bats going. Let's string together some hits. Let's hit some home runs. Whatever it takes, and uh, and 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 do that. I love it. I love it. I, I think that that's the exact recipe for success for this Chicago White Sox team tomorrow. Besnick, it was awesome having you back up here. It, uh, it's always great to see the call-up shine when they come up uh, and earn some extra ABs, you know. It's it's just great to see. Happy you were able to make the show. My final thoughts on this one, this is a win for the Chicago White Sox. It might not have been pretty, but sometimes you got to win ugly. They got the job done today. One more in the left-hand column. You gained a game on Cleveland I don't care how they come. Just keep them coming. That's my final thoughts. Before we close it down, be sure you're following us at Socks on Tap on Twitter. Follow on Tap Sportsnet as well. OnTapSportsnet.com. That's where you can find all of our writing. Follow myself at Tony on Tap. Follow Besnick over at Socks Insane. That's all we have for today, ladies and gentlemen. It's a White Sox winner. Close it down how we always do. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.